2: feeling about
1: this Welcome to episode 280 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host Halls Burkhart and I'm your host Will Witten and welcome perhaps the most news-filled episode of Blue Harvest since the podcast inception. I can't remember a time when we've had this much to go over. This
0: many projects announced at once. It is
1: mind-blowing. It's hard to wrap my head around. I'm sure we will miss pertinent pieces of information just because there's so much to discuss but thankfully we got a helping hand along for the ride because it's it's our special run of mandalorian season 2 guests and we've got a great guest for you guys this week he comes from a podcast which i've had the esteemed pleasure of being on a couple of times and let me tell you something about this guy right uh he uh, Some call him the mayor of merch. At least one calls him the mayor of merch. This man worked with a group of fabric engineers who went to their labs and developed a fabric so warm and so pliable that even it could wrap its woolen lips around my giant Funko Pop noggin. And he... Put out perhaps <laughs> the one of the most well known pieces of fan created merch for Celebration Chicago in 2019. That is the I, now iconic Star Wars spelt out beanie toboggan. Uh, took I've heard I've heard many things be heard these clothing items be called many. eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he is from. As we said, Star Wars spelt out, and also I'm a bit of an expert on Peppa Pig. It's our good buddy Josh Chapman.
2: Hey guys, how's it going? What a oh, what a pleasure to be on this week. Absolute pleasure and i have to say every time chris fresh i know you're listening chris drops that i'm the mayor of merch i know he's doing it because i think he knows it just bugs steel saunders so much that that's <laughs> that somebody gets that gets mentioned because he is actually really the king of merch and i got lucky at a, at a convention but uh oh look what a pl- first pleasure to get to talk to will which is i've always wanted to do which is great in itself and then getting to be on this week i know we, we touched base a few weeks ago you kind of like this is the date i think i want to do and i kind of did the mental all right i think that's going to be the second last episode of the season like which is great because it's always like the cliffhanger like leading super up
0: super hype yeah
2: yeah super hype and then this all happened and then <laughs> horse you know messaged me on thursday um thursday or whatever whenever it was going <coughs> we're gonna have a lot to talk about buddy we're gonna have a big <laughs> big day i hope you're ready i was like oh yeah i'm ready i can't wait so, yeah man absolutely have to be
1: here i'm so stoked to have you along for this one like um and just to have so much star wars excitement like okay so i need to give our listeners the lowdown on how this episode is going to work it's going to be a little different because of the amount of stuff we have to discuss and all the announcements and a brand new episode of the mandalorian i'm pretty sure Unless we just race through all this, which I can't imagine, we're going to forego the voicemails and email segment for this episode. Now, what I am going to do is over the weekend, I'm going to sit down and I am going to record uh, an extra episode of Blue Harvest for this week. So we will be putting this episode up, you know, within the hour uh, that we get done recording this. And then I would say probably by Tuesday or Wednesday, there will be another Blue Harvest up on your feed, episode 281. There will be solely me going over all your voicemails and emails because there's a ton. You guys are all as excited as we are. And I don't want you guys to get left behind or, you know, I, I, I try you guys to uh, take the time to write in, to call in. And I want to, uh, you know, give you guys uh, the attention. That you deserve and the uh you know so (laughs) that's what i'm gonna do it's gonna be within a a calendar week there will actually be three episodes of blue harvest coming out between this our email and voicemail catch-up episode and our mando finale next week so uh just wanted to give you guys a heads up on how that is gonna work don't feel bad you don't hear your voicemail or email uh on this episode because it'll be coming up in an episode in just a couple of days
2: so that means you king tom just (laughs) prepare yourself mate
1: well king tom hit me up i don't even know i think he knew like you know we've established that the council of toms has (laughs) has podcast foresight when it comes to their voicemails and emails and i think he knew Man, I bet you that's going to be a busy week. So he he messaged me on Twitter and he was like, I don't really know that I have something, uh, you know, a voicemail to contribute this week. But that there is this one thing I want you guys to discuss. And it's certainly something we would have discussed. He anyway, found a way. Didn't yeah. Tom
2: finds a way to get himself in there. <laughs> he still? found
0: a way. That's right.
1: He sure did. So um, first off, uh, Will, how you been doing, buddy?
0: Oh, I've been all right. I can't complain.
1: Um, Just getting into the season. Well, guess what Jesse and I get to do tomorrow afternoon. What's that?
0: Get a COVID test, baby! Oh my goodness. Up the schnoz.
1: Up the schnoz, into the brain, got exposed. I'm not looking forward to it. Been anxious about it uh, most of the week, so that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. <clears throat>
2: um, yeah, I never had one. Cat, my partner had one when we were sort of in the throw of it down here in Australia, but I managed to, to avoid it. So if I had to take one now after everything we've been through and, and sort of being COVID-free for a while, I'd be pretty annoyed <laughs> that, yeah. that I've gone this far and then copped it right at the end. I, well, uh,
0: America decided the COVID peak was so nice, they wanted to do it twice. <laughs> they
2: wanted to roll it again. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, Josh, I've expressed this to, you know, a couple of other of our Australian friends. God damn am I jealous of what you guys got going on right now. Seeing right. everybody being like, oh, you know, we can go to restaurants and it's not a life or death risk we're taking here.
2: Yeah. Oh, look, it's, don't, don't get me wrong. It's absolutely great. But we did we did three oh, hard yeah. months of lockdown we were like five kilometer radiuses you can't go outside past eight o'clock can't leave your house you know we're still doing masks in certain places uh you know we we did it hard for a long time but we we're sort of reaping the rewards so um it, it's good it's nice it means christmas is going to be pretty normal here which is good um you know because it's it's summer here as well we do summer christmases you know down the beach
1: yeah, I just, uh, I wasn't taking away the, the hard work and dedication. Oh, no, no, not at all. I'm just saying I but am I, jealous. I
2: get a little conscious as well of just sort of, you, you know, because I know that my friends at other places are doing it hard. And, you know, I, I spend a lot of time in the UK as well. I've got friends there in a similar boat. And, you know, we're kind of here just like, woo, with our beach balls having a great <laughs> old time. feel like, you know, we're rubbing it in. So, we you know, we obviously are very thankful, but we're wishing the best for everybody out there. And hopefully we get, we're, we're almost out, that vaccine's coming
1: yeah if bro br- if i could get my hands on it right now it'd be like captain america signing up for the super <laughs> serum like put me in that machine boss you come it out and all of a
2: sudden you're like seven feet tall you're like god damn this thing yeah. works like hell oh. yeah.
1: <laughs> so <clears throat> uh boy do we have a lot to talk about this week so i think we should probably just sort of roll into it and see how it goes i Think it'll be a little bit all over the place because the announcements were a little all over the place Um, yesterday for us uh, at least. December tenth was the Disney investors call, Uh, and this was something I, you know, was sort of aware was coming up for a couple of weeks, but didn't play pay it much mind because it's um, it's not necessarily. Something that always pays off for us as Star Wars fans, right? Right.
0: But the theme this time was like, hey, you like Star Wars, right?
1: Well, no. This thing was the theme for this was, hey, you like anything that Disney owns? (laughs) We got something for you. Because (laughs) while we will be focusing, on the Star Wars stuff, there were Marvel that's, announcements and Pixar that's announcements, true. and
0: that's very true. Uh,
2: Is this the first one on video that they've done? Like normally, it's just like Bob Iger on the phone, isn't it? Like the fact that we got this sort of slick video presentation was just off the back of, of COVID, I suppose that they could just all film it yeah, somewhere else. But like it's normally just someone on the phone, aren't they?
1: Well, so I remember the last one, which was in uh, April of twenty nineteen. What the, the was a big Disney investors meeting at like a big, it was basically a big convention center.
2: Uh, and
1: yeah. that's where we got the first, like they showed footage from uh, Rise of Skywalker and pictures and stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, anybody that listens to Steel Wars will probably remember the guy, Scott, who went on Steel Wars, who talked about the footage and stuff they showed. They're not that's normally right. this accessible to the public if you're not an investor. Now did granted, Disney
0: do a D three expo kind of thing this year? No. No. No, 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 no. I no. mean, I I didn't know if they did a virtual <laughs> one or anything, but like maybe they had some Steam saved up. They're like, oh, since we didn't do a well D three expo we so all these I could... green screens, so like yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: use using <it> for something.
1: <laughs> so the thing is is they didn't do a D twenty three this year. There wouldn't have been one anyway. D twenty three is an every two years or three years thing. Oh, okay, right. uh, I can't remember the exact time frame, but they weren't on. You know, there wasn't going to be one this year. Now, there would have been a Star Wars celebration, and I do wonder how much of this information we would have gotten. That's the big there.
2: one. I'm wondering, yeah, about how much stuff they would have. Held their powder on, or you know, w- or whether they've had their hand forced and things have changed. And yeah, yeah, that's the big question of would we got all, would have gotten all of this? Because that was a big question coming up to celebration at the start. You're like, what are they going to talk about? Like Mando season three, Mando season two? Mm-hmm. What you know, what's the tent pole? Um, so yeah, <laughs> they showed us. Yeah, if
1: needless to say, if they had done a future of Star Wars panel at celebration and all of this stuff was rolled into that. It would have been one of the most uh, jam-packed Star Wars celebration panels in recent memory as just, you know, as far as volume of announcements, right? So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> let's, I, I guess we'll just jump into it. The whole thing sort of kicked off with Kathleen Kennedy talking about, you know, how successful um, they've been on Disney+, Plus, how well-received Mandalorian Season 2 has been. They showed sort of a sizzle reel for this uh, season two of The Mandalorian thus far, ending with quite a bit of Boba Fett footage. Um, and then the very first announcement of new content was two Mandalorian spinoff shows. Um, and they, she basically said that these shows are being developed concurrently by Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni and that they will interconnect with the Mandalorian mm. and end mm. in a massive story event.
0: Mm. So there's your star Wars Avengers.
1: Yep. Yep. That's exactly, they're doing sort of an MCU thing on TV. Or if you're a fan of like the CWDC shows that always do crossovers and then have like a big yearly event, um, I was gonna say about
2: the the defenders when Mm -hmm. they did uh, you know Jessica Jones and um, Mm -hmm. Daredevil and all those guys yeah yes
1: very good pull I didn't even think of that one so our two Mandalorian spinoffs one of which makes me a little nervous are Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka Uh, the Ahsoka show obviously heavily rumored uh, for a while now now confirmed. Rangers of the New Republic. Um, I don't know that that was one that was necessarily. Maybe it was, but not necessarily like in the forefront as much as like a, a rumored spinoff for the Mandalorian.
2: The name never came out, did it? I guess because it's not a <laughs> char- It's not like an Obi Wan or Orlando. Right. You know, it's just like a title. So they, as soon as I came out like, oh, that's interesting. Like, at first I was like, oh, is it a video game tie-in or something? Or like, it's got like even the like logo is very kind of video game looking. Um, but yeah, that one kind of came from the blue for me. Yeah. That, and so, um,
1: well, okay. I'll be honest with you guys going into this. I, uh, I try not to let this happen, but I got my expectations and my hopes up a little too much for a certain announcement. And that was the (laughs) Boba Fett spinoff and, uh, spoiler alert no such thing was announced
2: <laughs> you were kind of going what are you were hoping like when it rains it pours kind of thing you know mm-hmm. like you've just been you've been a man in the desert dying mm-hmm. for a cup of water and then all of a sudden someone with a fire truck comes and gives you a good hose down and you're just like hey now i just want to be rained on like i just want it you know <laughs> just bring the rain on me but, yeah um you've you've done all right mate no
1: look if for someone who If if you compare the amount of awesome Boba Fett stuff that I've gotten before this year, between 2013 or 2012 and this year, obviously this year has been pretty gangbusters as far as a Boba Fett fan goes.
0: But he may not have his own show, but it does leave him free to cross all the other shows, if that makes sense. That is true. That is true, and... Okay, I think part of the
1: reason I was so disappointed was how heavy the rumors were. Like, there were rumors that not only is there a Boba Fett show coming, it's shooting soon, if not already. Like, Mm. those kind of rumors. So, I was just expecting it. Now, um, I believe they talked about it on their stream today. Our buddies over at Kessel Run Transmissions, Corey and Noah... Uh, Corey hit me up today probably knowing or seeing that I was a bit disappointed and said hey by the way the Boba Fett series is still happening I'm not sure why they didn't announce it but it's absolutely still happening interesting so uh you know that's out there so you know I'm not I'm not losing the hope uh, the the faith completely yet uh but I was expecting that
0: as an announcement um Corey has been surprisingly right a lot.
1: <laughs> at this point like you can't it is even
2: a t-shirt that just says surprisingly right on a... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, at this point you can't even say uh surprisingly because that's what that's the other thing that got me, right? Almost every single r- rumored spinoff uh, that has been rumored from all year or not even spin-off a uh, Star Wars project that's been rumored this year. ended up being confirmed yesterday from the Ahsoka show, from Lando, from, you know, so on and so forth.
2: So. Maybe it could be, Boba Fett could be one of those, you know, like when there's like a mole in the police force and they they don't know who it is and they start feeding out false information to try and find out who, where you know where ah. it ends up kind of thing mm. you know, maybe the Boba Fett thing is just the ruse that they're going all right we only told that to certain people I and mean, then Corey our number one you know mole or leak is is getting this stuff out and this you know this that's he thinks he's he thinks it's happening because he's like I got told from Mike, but that's the contact and they're gonna get whacked inside a Lucasfilm mm. and then all of a sudden you know danger oh, I sure hope not yeah that <laughs> <sounds> <laughs> like a movie script yeah <laughs> that, that's
1: that's I gonna think the, be the, the cool uh, thing. Go ahead, but So you go, man. Oh, I was just gonna, I was say, gonna say, say that's did... the oh, the um the plot of Andor is gonna be yeah. like leaking out Star Wars movie <laughs> or Star Wars Disney Plus <laughs> pitches.
2: Catherine would be so disappointed if that was the <laughs> case. Um I was just gonna say the cool thing about this Rangers of the New Republic Ahsoka thing running concurrently with Mando is that potentially, anyway, that you you've got you kind of can expand the galaxy's story of what's going on right now into two, like two different complete areas. Like Mando's kind of in the outer rim underworld. I know it's kind of opened up more in the second season, but then you've got like if the New Republic, if that range of the New Republic actually is focused on what's going on in the New Republic, it's yeah. like, great, well, we can find out what's going on right over there. And then Ahsoka is this other thing where you know it's more the mystical side of what's going on with the Force and the Jedis and and all that kind of stuff. And you kind of got these sort of concurrent stories going that are telling an even bigger picture that you probably can't just do with mandalorian because it's still ultimately you know the plot of the mandalorian is him and, and little grogu so yeah it's a cool way to really expand out like everything that's going on not everything but lots of stuff going on in the galaxy at this time because it's just you know it's such an interesting time it's like just give me more you know tell me more what the republic are up to at the moment yeah and, and you can see how
1: i feel like in the mandalorian currently so many seeds have been planted this season sort of towards what i imagine the end game of this series to be you know with them constantly talking about mandalore and bo katan looking for the dark saber and wanting to take back mandalore i can almost kind of see how all three series converge with the new republic with mando and grogu and ahsoka like coming together
2: towards yeah. this goal
1: it, of, you know, reclaiming. It also means if,
2: if the story of Grogu, you know, who's ultimately tied to the story of the Mandalorian, like if that wrap, wraps up at a natural time, we don't have to leave this galaxy. You know, we don't have to leave this story. You know, if it turns out that Mando after four or five seasons, is like, well, the story's done. You know, we can still continue in a way with these characters and find out what's happening. And the story can kill, still go on with other characters and other shows.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's an exciting prospect, because I know personally, I'm not a huge fan of those CW DC shows, Arrow and and Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl and et cetera, et cetera, but I get awfully jealous when I see them doing the big crossover events and think, man, mm-hmm. that would be cool if we got that in Star Wars, and it looks like that's what we're getting. Now, obviously, Rangers of the New Republic has a lot of people... Uh, you know, a little suspicious concerning potential casting and mm-hmm. people that could show up uh, that have been in the Mandalorian, which I totally get. And I totally agree with, you know, uh, I, I do carry a small glimmer of hope because they didn't announce any cast for that show that maybe things will turn out to be OK, because uh, I want to like I'm so excited about the idea of these three shows interconnecting. And leading to this big event that I just don't want something da- like a piece of shit dampering it. I can't mince words. Like, I don't know how to say it otherwise. Yeah. It, it, it's just, it's a bummer. because I feel you. This season already of The Mandalorian, like, I, I've struggled with in a couple of moments because of, fuck, it, it, because of Gina Carano. Write all your emails <laughs> in to me about me, how I'm wrong about Gina Carano. Fuck it. I don't like her. She's a piece of shit. Yeah
2: yeah and at least they've got they have kept it nice and vague at the moment and like i said if, if it is a location story thing and it is inner systems then there's no reason that she needs to be there and like why go out of your way to create trouble for yourself lucasfilm seriously you don't yeah. need you don't need yeah, it you like, don't need to
0: she's helped amando all she really needs to she can stay as the the marshal on her backwater planet and you know be happy
2: that's fine Harry bill burr and then like whatever
0: um So yeah, you know it's. And I was wondering if Bill Burr would be on the Rangers of the uh, New Republic. I wondered if that's why they cut him loose with a fresh slate. I
1: don't know, man. I mean, you know, I think besides Cara Dune, you can watch this season and see a a couple of potential people. Maybe Bill Burr is one of them. I would think. um, Damn, I always forget his name. His his handle on Twitter is Bitter Asian Dude. Um, oh
2: yeah, I know. Um, he's the uh, the X-wing pilot. Yes, that's not
0: David Faloni.
1: Paul Sun Hyung Lee. Um, you know, he could be featured pretty heavily
0: in this. I think that would be pretty rad. That would be cool. <laughs> um, it is like um, you know, like Josh said, you, you know, the Mando you you get to see. He's basically a fugitive. You know, he's living outside the law and off the radar. And it would be cool to see. You know, Rangers of the New Republic. What's going on above above the table, you know, yeah. on, uh, hmm. uh, politically as well in the galaxy as well, because you don't really see any of that going on. You know that the galaxy is kind of in shambles, but you just, you know, only through reference.
2: Mm-hmm. And they're, try- they're trying to do it by the book. You know what I mean? Like they're going, we've got to try and get order back. Yeah. We can't be- act like the Empire. We can't just go in there and crack heads. Right. we have got to find a way to do this. In a way where people are happy to see us. And just like, you know, it does tie into this when we get to the Mando episode of just, you know, same shit, different cloth kind of thing, you know. Yeah,
0: after you beat the shit out of the Nazis, you're like, okay, time for some good cops. But then nobody trusts the good cops.
1: Mm. And Absolutely. like, it, So the thing is, with Rangers of the New Republic, my big question is, like, how do you do a New Republic-focused show set seemingly so closely after return of the jedi by you know just a handful of years um and not i mean i don't think i don't even know that any of these characters would show up but like how are specific i think most importantly how is leia not a factor right that's
0: exactly like get out of my brain because that's exactly what i was thinking (laughs) like how like of all the characters like leia you would think would have the largest hand or or screen time or you know just just value as far as a character within that story Mm -hmm. yeah and And i mean luke can be doing his own thing hans obviously can be doing his own thing but you know leia exactly and you know i like i said i don't foresee
1: i don't foresee leia showing up in the show but i don't know how her presence within the new republic isn't a story element you know like mentioned from, from, or, or something to that effect you know
0: from what we know from the sequel trilogy right she tries to weigh raise awareness of the first order and is pretty much blacklisted until she's you know finances the resistance through right now alternate means doesn't she get outed as vader's daughter at some stage as well and it kind of kills her career yes that that all
1: happens in the claudia gray novel bloodline which is not is is only a, a few years before the Force Awakens, so I don't necessarily right. envision any of that stuff happening. In fact, I would imagine at the time, Rangers of the New Republic is set. Uh, you know, she's pretty entrenched in her political career. Things are going seemingly well. Ben Solo was born. I don't think he's off with Luke yet. Uh, I'm a little hazy on that. Um, you know, her and Han are still together. Etc., etc. Now, I do wonder with it being called Rangers of the New Republic, we could be sort of in a Mando esque situation where you're dealing with like a, a group of commandos or something, New Republic commandos off on missions, maybe combating Imperial remnants or something. It doesn't necessarily have to be you know focused around chandrilla and the the core of the new republic and stuff yeah so
2: i guess that plays into the like how involved would leia be if these are just some grunts on the ground kind of thing well they're not going to be dealing with you know the name leia might come up once in a while but it's not like she's going to be there barking orders every week
1: yeah and then so you see
2: her on the hollow net but you never met her in person
1: right right (laughs) And so then, with Ahsoka, like I think Josh nailed it, that is their uh, opportunity to explore the more mystical Jedi side of things. Because besides Obi Wan, we seemingly, well, oh my god, we'll get there. Oh we will god. go. Oh, yeah, we, oh, there's oh. so much to cover. <laughs> okay, so besides Obi Wan, you know, none of these Disney Plus series have seen seem to be super focused on Jedi. Right. And force stuff. Well, now this is this is the show where we're going to get that. Obviously, that's going to be an Obi One, but that's a mini series. It's a, you know, it's an event, special series. event, yeah, special
2: yeah. event series. Um, and poss- just co- which is code for saying you and like Ewan's one and done, guys. Don't yeah. keep asking him after this. All right, yeah. No, he's come back. Leave the man alone. <laughs> let him ride his motorbikes and just leave him alone. Because yeah. that's what he loves to do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> let him make some money after his divorce. Because. I saw this funny tweet going around today that was like, this is my favorite trilogy in Star Wars. And it was three different headlines. And the first one was from like 2012 or 2013. And it was like, Ewan McGregor is tired of seeing Star Wars merch or something like that. And then the second one was Ewan McGregor's divorce finalized. And it was expensive. And then the third one was Ewan McGregor is back to play Obi-Wan. And he's <laughs> sure excited. Wait,
2: put the robe back there. <laughs> Buy some merch.
1: Um, anyways, um, you know, one of the rumors that has been going around and, and I'm pretty sure was originated from our buddies over at Kessel Trent Kessel run transmissions was this idea of a follow-up or sequel series to star Wars rebels. And, you know, that never got announced, but Bad Batch got announced, which is also something that they said was, was in the works. And since then, they s- seemingly constantly get hounded for information about this rebel sequel series. It seems like that is something people are very into the idea of. And it's really cool. It's cool to see Rebels have this sort of ongoing legacy that people are interested in. Well, I kind of wonder... If the Ahsoka series and the quote unquote Rebel sequel series are one and the same.
0: Dude, that's that's exactly what I was about to say. I was like, if you're going to do a sequel to Rebels, you know, a lot of these things on Disney Plus are getting popular with an audience that might not have gotten into the animated stuff and may not get into the animated stuff. If you're going to do a Rebels follow-up, that doesn't necessarily need you to have watched all of Rebels, but it's a bonus if you go back and do. Ahsoka may be a good place to lay down the groundwork to introduce these characters, build a story to where you can bring in the follow-up to Rebels, and it feels very natural.
2: Yeah. I mean, that that Thrawn drop really right does like oh okay they're probably not going to do it in mandalorian but you know that's where you where you take ahsoka in, into there like it's just exactly yeah what, <laughs> yeah like i
1: think that is the important piece of dialogue to focus on from the the ahsoka episode this season is the thrawn thing that is the the cliffhanger oh. the oh hello the... everyone went quiet sorry oh, <laughs> oh. yeah i'm did. I, I... Did here i don't know maybe we did can you guys hear me oh no Oh no! Okay, sorry guys. I had a little bit of technical difficulties there, and I got to listen to these two guys talk about Bluey for a second. Yeah, yeah. Um, So what I was saying is, like the Thrawn line from the Ahsoka episode is definitely a hint to where the Ahsoka show is going. The Thrawn element, the Ezra element, were the dangling plot threads at the end of Rebels. So it seems to me like those are going to be picked up in the Ahsoka show. Right. Um, I think
2: there's a good chance. I know this has got nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I have a good chance that Ezra might be dead. Ooh. I hate to say it. But I mean if that's gonna set her off, you know, that she wants she's she seems more bent on revenge or, you know, or sorting out thrawn than anything yeah, else. So he, that's oh, he's true. I up. didn't
0: think about that. He's she's very mad at him.
2: Yeah. And he's the last one who got spotted with him. And it would Ooh. I mean it, it sounds bad, but it would conveniently get rid of a you know, a logic problem <laughs> in the show. Uh, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. I know that it's not the time to speculate, but that, it would play into sort of, you know, where does a, you know, where does a Jedi thing come in and where does she sort of get bent on um, getting some revenge? Now,
0: if, if they disappear together and then Thrawn shows back up in the, the known regions of the galaxy and Ezra doesn't, it does, it would, I, I could, I could imagine make a Soka angry.
2: Mm. Even if he just says he's dead, whether he's, you know, that whether he is or not. He isn't. Right. Yeah.
1: Now the question for me is, could the Ahsoka show and the Mando and Rangers of the new Republic and all that, could that wrap up before that epilogue we saw in rebels where Ahsoka goes to pick it's up totally Sabine? Awesome. Um, Cause they seem to be in an interview. Dave Filoni sort of seemed to be hinting that Ahsoka's appearance in Mandalorian Took place before that epilogue with Sabine. So, yeah. you know, could I could be getting, going to get his body, <laughs> he was alive. <laughs> oh, no. Well, <laughs> imagine this, though, okay? Imagine Mando ends and Ahsoka does take Grogu with her. And, you know, how we see her get off that ship to pick up Sabine. What if little Grogu is just off screen hanging out in that ship, waiting to go off on that adventure with them?
2: And then I guess or she's you- taking Mando and Grogu to somewhere safe, just like right. You are his her. Oh. Your your clan is his protector for the next however long. Oh man, Ezra has been somewhere. I've through Thrawn's hyperspace travels, we found a place that is impenetra- impenetra- impenetrable. So we're going to load you up. We're going to take you there, and your clan. You know, whoever's with him, maybe he takes that that nice lady from the village from season one. You go there and and um, live your life and look after Grogu for the next X amount of years and. He'll come when he's ready. Have I just spoiled the Ahsoka Show and the Mandalorian? Oh, man. Just like that? Maybe. I mean, there's so, I mean, it's
1: so wide open, and the possibilities are seemingly endless at this point. Like,
0: you know. uh, The lifespan of one of Yoda's in the the baby uh, of Grogu, you know, it would take generations to be his caretaker. You know, you would have to create a house, a house of, you know, House of Grogu.
1: (laughs) Yeah. House Grogu. Um, So, yeah, I I think there's a lot of interesting opportunity for storytelling. And, you know, I think it's safe to assume, like she said, that they were developing these spinoffs concurrently. So I feel like probably Favreau is in charge of Rangers of the New Republic and Filoni is in charge of Ahsoka. Like, I don't think think that's a giant
2: stretch, you know, to assume. Do you think Filoni might direct the whole series?
0: Um, I don't I doubt it. I just
2: it's feel a lot of like, work, but
0: he's got his fingers in so many pies. Mm. It he's, is tough. He's to like say. a he's like a movie director these days, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, no. I mean he's
1: he's he's pretty solely involved in Star Wars. And oh really? Yeah. Now um you know, with I thought he was still in the Marvel world. It, no, you're um, thinking Favreau. We're talking I Filoni. Am.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I got mixed up there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I feel like Favreau's involvement with Star Wars will be pretty in line with what it's been right now. You know, probably writing the following seasons uh, of Mandalorian and, you know, probably Rangers of the New Republic directing an episode here and there, but I don't know that he would necessarily direct every episode of a season. He seems to really enjoy the collaborative effort uh, with mm. all the different directors and stuff. Um, now with Filoni directing every episode of Ahsoka, like maybe, maybe this is his big shot at really mm, steering. He's his apprenticeship
2: and now mm-hmm. Magnum Opus. <laughs> the Magnum Opus.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I don't really know about that. Um, so after announcing this, they sort of went into um, a bit of the technology, you know, that we're so familiar with now from, the mandalorian the volume or stagecraft by ilm as they're calling it now and they announced that not only did they create like an even bigger volume for season two of the mandalorian but they're in the process of building three new volume studios one in los angeles one in london and one in australia
2: yeah well one of the things that came up when disney bought fox a little while ago was i wondered if the fox studios where they shot episode two and three in sydney were part of the deal um i'm still not 100 percent sure if that's the case but i think that might be and they just shot chang chi in sydney which Mm -hmm. is one of the marvel movies so kind of would lean and I think Thor is being shot in Sydney as well too. So it would probably make sense that they are that that they own those buildings now. And yeah, they're putting a great big volume in there. I assume that's where it is. It could be anywhere else, but it would kind of make sense. Yeah. maybe it's in Melbourne. Maybe it's next door to my house right now, and I didn't even know what's going on. Oh man, um,
1: so I it's Lucky clear. You. <laughs> it's clear that they're like they've got so many live action series coming up. Yeah, they're gonna need more shooting locations than just. Where they've been shooting Mando and where they're shooting Andor and et cetera, et cetera.
2: Did they say where they're shooting Obi-Wan? Just to jump ahead, sorry. Like, uh, I know they said Andor was in London. Did they
1: actually give any hints to where they were shooting? I believe they said London as well for for Obi-Wan. Right. Right. (laughs) It sounds to me like probably production on Andor will wrap up right around the time Mm Obi-Wan kicks off,
2: right? Right. I was just thinking of where they would might what they might shoot in Australia. I kind of thought, oh well, you know, Obi wan has got those episode two and three tires, but um, yeah, I don't know, whatever, put up yeah. anything there. Yeah, and, and <laughs> give you me know, a call. I
1: think well, I think as this goes forward, we'll find that it's not just Star Wars stuff us, utilizing this volume mm. technology. Oh yeah. So it could be, you know, they could shoot Star Wars stuff in Australia. They could shoot Marvel stuff. They could shoot Fox stuff like. You know, I think they're they're putting these studios around probably for use within the Disney ecosystem yep. instead of just solely within the Lucasfilm system.
2: Talk um, about lucking out at the right time to you know in a COVID world of <laughs> coming across a piece of technology that means you don't have to leave the building. Yeah, in fact, she even no. said, like,
1: um, it, you know, it was uh, it was a lucky happenstance that because of the volume that they've been able to continue production despite the pandemic so yeah it was just a stroke of luck and you know i've said it a a ton of times what i like about the filmmaking approach to the mandalorian and using the volume and stuff is it seemed like that classic uncle george next step in filming technology right he was always trying to push the technological envelope with his stuff. And it seems like they finally figured out how to do that again with this whole thing. So not only do I think we'll see it, you know, used for the movies and stuff or or for the Disney Plus shows, I would not be surprised if the volume is used in future Star Wars movies, future Marvel movies. I think we'll see it make the jump to the big screen as well because it's been so well received. And seems to be so effective, right? Mm. <laughs> so I think we'll move on to the next thing they talked about, which was something we've you know sort of hit on a little bit here and there, and that is Andor. We've got the official title for the Cassian series. Uh, and good it's, logo. Yep, good logo, real good logo treatment, and they showed us sort of a sizzle reel now. If you weren't an investor, an investor, you didn't get to see a couple of the things they showed. But we got to see this one. <laughs> and it wasn't any um, you know actual footage because they've only been shooting for a week or two now. But you know, it was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Them talking about how... I believe they mentioned that it's 12 episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. They mentioned that it's a, a spy thriller uh, created by Tony Gilroy they mentioned that it is they sort of really tried to get the point across that this is on the scale of a theatrical star wars movie tons of extras tons of models tons of you know creatures and etc etc they really tried to push that point across
2: yeah i was a bit surprised i i just sort of assumed that they that the volume would have already had been built and they, they were doing it all on that but it's you look at that behind the scenes and it's huge sets and costumes mm-hmm. and yeah, and I mean, I, I miss—they're probably shooting it probably where they shot the sequel trilogy as well, if not, you know, on the same stages and stuff. And you, I, mean, I, I think they had. Um, I recognise was it Neil Scall Scalan or Scallion his name is and Scanlan, he he yep. popped up in all yeah he pops up in all those sequel documentaries <laughs> and stuff as well. So they have probably got a lot of that same crew um, that are working on that. I um I have a friend of mine who works for the British Film Institute in England and she was involved in getting a program of getting younger <laughs> people from different backgrounds onto film sets, and she worked on Solo and I think the last two sequel shows. I should nice. actually. Tap her, tap her and find out whether she was involved in, in, in Cassian as well because it was a, a thing that KK uh, specifically wanted to be involved in to get sort of because it, it's a very it's very much who you know in England to get on to to get into film so they're like we want to get people from different backgrounds different you know social economic you know places and things and um yeah all in England but uh looks cool
1: yeah very and cool I know her friend Catherine was a uh, very excited by mm. this whole announcement. Um so Neil Scanlan by the way, he's the uh the guy who this summer basically said they were about 6 weeks away from shooting when they had to lock down because of the pandemic. So, you know, this has been in the works for a while and I do kind of wonder, you know, this is this is no sort of rumor or anything that's out there but I was kind of thinking because of this the scale of this andor series um if at some point it was considered to be a movie right because you know I, i do fully believe that had solo done better at the box office we would have seen a lot more sort of character focused movies and with as popular and as successful as rogue one was i could imagine that they would have considered that at some point and then maybe once solo tanked or didn't do good at the box office i guess tank is a little bit of a harsh term but maybe that's when plans changed and they decided to turn it into a series much like obi-wan right we know obi-wan was at a at one point going to be a movie right mm. <coughs> so that that does make me wonder if that was what was going on with and Andor. just mainly because of the scale that we saw in this behind the scenes thing Um, but it looked cool. And another thing to note is they, uh, anytime that it was something that's not going to be multi-season, they describe it as an event series. Like they did with Obi-Wan. They didn't use that term with Andor. So that to me, maybe signifies that we're in for more than one season. Yeah. I hope so.
2: It's, it's, um, it's rich for story and or i reckon it, it's just that i think it would be that good trend doesn't even try to become a government try to hide being a government anymore you know what i mean like it's just like no nah, we're just totalitarians now we're just sort of kicking heads and doing things mm-hmm. like that like i think that would be quite interesting where it's sort of you know the pivot has sort of changed and and like this sort of birth of rebellion area and yeah, I think it's really good in that sort of you know, gritty spy. You know, you don't know who to trust. Mm-hmm. You don't know who to, you know, senators and, you know, having to go do secret meetings and all that kind of thing. I think it'd be really cool. And uh, if I'm not
1: mistaken, they also mentioned that it's coming in 2022. That's the other piece of pertinent information. Um, kind of figured it wasn't coming next year with them just sort of getting it off the ground. And they also mentioned, we forgot to hit this, uh, Mando season three. Or the next chapter of the Mandalorian is coming, Christmas twenty twenty one. So you know a little later.
2: Only series next year then. So that, that'll be the only Star Wars series next year. Uh, bad bad. live action. Bad right, bad. Yeah. Right right So similar to this year then. We'll get one sort of Clone Warsy thing and yeah, and one Mando season. Yeah. And uh, you have to imagine
1: some of that's because of pandemic reasons. They're getting started later on season three of the Mandalorian because of that stuff. Um, but I, I will say this after next year, I do not see how it's feasible for it to only be two star Wars, Disney plus things in a year. Right? Like with all of this announced, well, okay. Just think about it for 2022. We already have confirmed Kenobi or Obi-Wan Kenobi and Andor undoubtedly, you know, more Mando or one of the spinoff shows or whatever. So yes, there is going to be a time when we are getting a lot of Star Wars on Disney Plus after next. The, year.
2: the dream is an episode a week, isn't it? That basically, yes. whether it's Marvel or Star Wars, mm-hmm. the, the, every week you will get something, you know. And that's you know, it's all that sort of user retention that those streaming services live or die on. I mean, their their back catalogs kind of kept them in good stead for the moment, but they've got it. They've realized you've got to feed the beast, so to speak. New content is king. Yeah. Mm. It
1: honestly looks like we're going to be getting a bit of that next year just with not as much Star Wars peppered in because WandaVision starts in January. Then they announced that uh, uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon Falcon and the Winter Soldier rather is in March. So like you can see how WandaVision leads into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Bad Batch is coming at some point loki is coming some point next year more mando so it it does like josh said seem like they are ramping up to like if you are one of the people that if you're part of the venn diagram that like star wars and marvel stuff like disney plus is going to be something you can't replace like you have to be subscribed to disney plus because it's just going to be a steady stream of content between the two uh, franchises and all of the stuff. I wouldn't have to
2: rely is. on the um, all the direct to video Disney cartoons that my daughter watches, like Lion King two and you know uh, uh, Cinderella four and all those ones that she loves. <laughs> it's just Aladdin, that's where we get Aladdin, Aladdin three, Return yeah, of Jafar. <laughs> that's where we're getting. That's where we're getting the most Disney Plus value most of this year. We have because she's only become old enough to watch all those. So pretty soon they're going to dry up, and we're going to need something new. Yeah, and I mean. Bleh it's going to be there there. And, and I, I
1: think, you know, uh, it's just a matter of time and it's going to be more stuff than you can, than you can feasibly like keep up with, especially Shake if you're a, like, think about like our friends over at the geek dudes and over at the Sith list that cover stuff besides just star Wars. Like, holy goodness. They're going to have a lot to talk
2: about in the next few years, man. That's true. And there's still movies and stuff yeah, as well. Like it, yeah. It's like it's just going to be. It's, it's an interesting period of time now where it's sort of like it's just the the content saturation levels getting to a point where I, I just don't want to live in a world where I have to choose. It's almost like you know when um I might have been different for you guys here, but like Mandalorian. I think the last episode or second last episode, the Mandalorian came out in Australia the night the Rise of Skywalker opened, oh. and I remember that. And th- so I sort of watched that episode of Mandalorian and then got in a car and went down to the- to watch the midnight premiere and was like going, wow, this is this world where there's just double saturation of triple A Star Wars all happening at once. Like we-, we could be there at a point where it's just like, do I have to start choosing between stuff?
1: Buddy, I- I- it's not the same thing, but yesterday was a very similar situation for me because around three o'clock, um, Jesse had her big... End of school year presentation to finish out her her training program. She is her big group project, and they were presenting in, on Zoom, and you could sign up to go in and watch. So I signed up to go and watch and support her. Her group did great. By the way, they won. It was a competition, and Jesse's group. Nice won. work, Jesse. And like I know I'm biased, but I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> all because of Jesse. I but, um, know it was. And then, like their presentation ended. And right as their presentation ended, the Disney investor thing started. So I went from that stream to the Disney stream, watched a whole bunch of shit I didn't care about leading into the Lucasfilm segment. The Lucasfilm segment ended, and then I immediately went over to the Video Game Awards, something else (laughs) I'm super interested in that had a lot of reveals. So it was just boom, 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 announcement, trailer, announcement. But you know what I'm saying? Just all this stuff I was Mm -hmm. interested in. Then I had a few hours rest. And a new episode of The Mandalorian all in one day. It
0: was overload. (coughs) So, yeah. It it may change at some point when Disney decides they want to start squeezing the money back out of the theater. But right now, you know, the theater is out of commission. So I feel like they may be like trying to create a bunch of content for all the streaming service in, in, in any way you can, trying to keep people connected and and expanding their subscription base because you know if you can't make money in the theater how are you going to make money if you're an entertainment business you know yeah. and, and you're uh, not going to make money from par- amusement park visits yeah
1: exactly there's no doubt that what we saw yesterday be it from Marvel be it from Star Wars be it from National Geographic or any of these other things they own a lot of this was a response to this year there's no doubt about it
2: there would have been a board meeting where they all sat around and went this cannot happen Mm -hmm. ever again Mm -hmm. if we have to put a great big dome over disneyland like simpsons movie style you know we would you know if the cost at ways that you know what it would cost to put a giant dome on top of it it as opposed to having another year where no one can go to the amusement parks They'd seriously look at it, like they just like they cannot get caught out again, I think. And I, like you said, this is a direct response to that.
0: Yeah.
1: And and, you know, Disney, we always knew they were going to go hard on Disney plus like Bob Iger, when he started his his segment of it, he, he was like, you know, what he's always been interested in is using technology to their advantage and using technology to get products and and stuff into consumers hands and Disney plus is the direct result of that and you know it's not like they were early on in the streaming game but when they decided to get into it it was clear that they were not going to you know just throw up a bunch of classic Disney stuff and call it a day no they were going Mm -hmm. to be producing original content that you could only get on Disney plus like you know I I still find it kind of weird that you can't go and buy a, a kick-ass 4K Blu-ray box set of the season one of The Mandalorian. That's intentional. It's intentional because they want you to have to subscribe to Disney
0: Plus. You got to come to Big Papa Disney to get it. Mm,
1: oh yeah, we so, want to own it all. Yeah. So um, you know, I think I think what they want is I think they want their big movies in the theaters when it's when it's a you know a thing that we can do again. And they want, when you're at home, if you're going to be watching something, there's a good chance you're choos- tuning into Disney Disney+. Right? <clears throat> and I think we're seeing that laid out in front of us over the last 24 hours or whatever. No, um, absolutely. Now, so we talked about Andor. Super excited for it. Then, I would say, the first of the big holy shit moments happened when they rolled into talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, we'll get the you know, other stuff out of the way. Mentioned Deborah Chow as the director. We already knew. Mentioned mm-hmm. that it will be starting to shoot at the end of March in 2021, and it's coming out in 2022. And then the big, oh my God, moment was they announced Hayden Christensen returning to play Darth Vader in the term Rematch of the Century was used
2: yeah yeah that throws up all sorts of questions doesn't it
1: boy does it bring up questions buddy um, i just
2: assumed that a new hope was the rematch of the century
1: yes see that's the thing will and i have talked for a couple of years now when talking about this obi-wan series and i've been pretty steadfast in the idea that obi-wan doesn't leave tatooine I don't want to see and, – and if he doesn't leave Tatooine, then he can't meet Vader because why would Vader be – you know, Vader would be like, oh, yeah, mm. Obi-Wan's on Tatooine. But that's clearly not the way they're going. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a little mixed about it because I'm not the biggest fan of taking a line from A New Hope like um, I haven't felt this presence since and you assume, you know, uh, that he's talking about Revenge of the Sith, right? but that's the last time they saw each other. I'm not a huge fan of tweaking that idea, but I will say the prospect of having Hayden come back to Star Wars, the prospect of having Ewan come back to play Obi-Wan, it is too enticing to be too upset with, right? Like that's pretty cool. Um,
2: I I just, I just, if you're going to get Hayden back, you've got to get him out of the suit. There's no point in him just being in the suit. Like whether it's, I don't know. Is it crusty, burnt face Vader? Or is it, I don't know, vision, forced vision, or nightmares, or flash? Is it flashbacks? or uh, I, It just throws up so many things. I just can't imagine Hayden go to the trouble to come back. Because I mean, they, they brought Vader back a bunch of times and other stuff, and they haven't asked him to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so there, there must be a little bit more meat on the bone for him to want to come back.
1: So I think we could be in for a few things, right? I think we could be in for Hayden. In the suit, obviously, because they kind of implied that. I think we could see him without the mask on in his meditation chamber or in a Bacta tank or something like we saw in Rogue One. And I also don't think you can't discount the idea of at least uh, a couple, uh, one or a couple maybe Clone Wars era flashbacks with you know Obi-Wan and Anakin together, pre-Vader. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you don't bring... Hayden back just to shove him in the suit for the cool, like, to be like, yeah, man, it's it's Hayden in the suit. Trust us, you know? I <laughs> imagine
0: in my head this, you know, situation where they get into a fight and Obi-Wan deals damage that may blow away part of the helmet. Could be. Kind of in the way that yep. Ahsoka did in her fight with him. And uh, you get to see some some Hayden in there, but yeah, like the meditation chamber, maybe even in a, like he reaches out with the force and you see scary yellow eyed Anakin, like Darth Vader, before he got messed up. Yeah, in 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 the, in the with the vision
2: or whatever. Yeah, Obi Wan. You um, think that sort of he'd be that, you know, ten years removed from Revenge of the Sith, Obi Wan Kenobi could dispatch, you know half man robot darth vader pretty easily i always got, you know like he's sort of you kind of go oh well by the time a new hope rolls around like he's an old man all right he hasn't quite got the skills that he used to but i don't know maybe i'm getting too playground talky who can be doing <laughs> well uh, you I don't, know I
0: uh, it. I vader think... says in a new hope the last time we met i was what's the line i but was the learner but the learner. Yeah. Now I am the master, right? Now I am the master, yeah. So, look, I think... I think that implies that he bested him at least once again, if they meet again. So, I kind of think,
1: for A New Hope to work, and for them to assume that Obi-Wan is dead, like, I kind of assume that maybe Vader has to win this fight. And not kill Obi-Wan, obviously, but at least assume that he did or something, you know? Mm-hmm. (laughs) Um, and then you gotta, you know, you can always take the angle of like, Anakin is fucking filled with rage at this point. So he's feeding off that
0: Consumed, Yeah.
1: And consumed with revenge against Obi-Wan. Like, you know, the last thing we see, one of the last things that Anakin says to Obi-Wan before they start fighting is that he thinks that Obi-Wan turned Padme against him. So yeah, I, I think, You know, you can always lean into that Sith Lord feeding off of anger and hate to fuel their power type thing to to have him match wits with
2: Obi-Wan. I like the idea that he that, you know, he fought this the catalyst of the series that he finds out that Anakin's alive, that he just assumed that he burnt to death on that mountain. Yeah. And then maybe he's been hiding in Tatooine for 10 years and the Empire finally gets around to, you know, showing up. In Tatooine. You know, he's never had a boo from the Empire at that time. He doesn't really know what's going on. All of a sudden, it's the Empire, there's footage, and he's, I don't know, he hears about Darth Vader or, also you know, he hears the name Darth Vader or that's Darth Lord of the Sith. And he kind of jerks him into, like, I've got to investigate this a bit further, finds yep. out it's Anakin. He's like, all right, well, I better go deal with this because it's only a matter of time before he finds me here and finds Luke. So I'm going to actually proactively get ahead of this problem. And hunt this guy down. Yeah, I that think makes that's, a lot of sense.
1: I think that's probably what's gonna happen. Now, what's interesting is they showed a reel to the investors that we didn't get to
2: see. And they're... I can't believe this footage has not leaked anywhere. Like I if everyone's know. at home on their laptops, hasn't somebody like filming on their phone? Like I don't understand how nobody nobody has leaked this footage. It's crazy as an in, to me. As an
0: it's not investor... like we're all in the
2: convention hall, but that like yeah. you just think that everyone's at home like it's not like you've got some security guard standing behind your desk telling you to put your phone down um it I may be expensive it. to leak
0: like you may have had to have signed some sort of NDA to yeah who knows see it yeah
1: but the yeah. thing is
0: there's descriptions of
1: it out there now and the descriptions basically it sounds a lot like the cassian thing we got but you know it's with UN talking about how cool it was to be back in the robes and how excited he is. And the thing he's most excited to um, do is work with Hayden again. And apparently they showed some concept art. One thing was like Vader in a throne um, talking to someone through hologram, maybe Emperor Palpatine and also some sort of water planet with like big manta ray type creatures. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's – and and one of the things that Ewan even says in it is that the adventure starts uh, on Tatooine and then goes other places. So he's definitely going off planet. And then maybe the most interesting little nugget of information from that footage was the term Jedi Hunters. There's Jedi Hunters out there, which I assume to be like Inquisitors, right? Like mm. from – jedi
2: fallen order and rebels and stuff so Hugh mm-hmm. so, <coughs> mcgregor doesn't know what inquisit what an inquisitor is you right, know what i mean like right. if you asked him off the street he'd be like oh yeah you're talking about you know he'd trouble you mcgregor but you know you say jedi hunter he, he you know he, that clicks
1: yeah and i and i think to me that sounds like we're gonna see obi-wan lightsaber battling it up with more than just darth vader right like i think we're gonna see some inquisitor hope- action
0: I hope they bring Liam Neeson's voice in because, you know, Yoda tells him, you know, training I have for you, you know, on your, in your isolation on Tatooine, you know, learn how to talk to your old master Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, I'd like to see him meditating and communing with Qui-Gon Jinn. That would be cool to me.
1: I, at this point, I almost expect it.
0: You know what I mean? Like, it seems
1: like. It's a given. Yeah, almost. I would be more surprised if they didn't do something like that because they got Liam Neeson to come back and do a, a, a vocal cameo or two for Clone Wars. Can't see why they couldn't do it get him to do it for this, right?
0: You know, I I I it's terrible that Qui-Gon Jinn died because I feel like Liam Neeson would have liked to play him again. He was really good at being a Jedi master. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I can definitely see that being the case. Um <clears throat> So yeah, Obi-Wan sounds like it's going to be wild is all I can say. It sounds like It's going to be way more than I expected. And, you know, it makes me excited and a little bit nervous. I hope they don't get too squirrely with it. But it's hard also, like I said, to not be excited for Hayden coming back to Star Wars. You know, sort of, you know, if you had asked me in 2005 if I ever thought we would see this fervor for prequel content, just from what I was seeing in general internet discourse I would have thought you're crazy and it's so cool that that's not the case anymore and that we are this hungry for prequel content and we're so excited for you and coming back and so excited for Anakin coming back and you know I just think it's nice because I'm sure you know you get cast to play Anakin Skywalker in episode two and three and you You know, those movies become sort of the butt of jokes for several years, just within general pop culture and stuff. And then to have this people so excited for you being, you know, you coming back and he came out at Celebration that one year and got the big reception. I think that's got to be nice, right? Like, it's got to be exciting. I just like
2: that you're... 2005 self gets told this like it's going to be on a streaming service you're just like what the hell is streaming what? man and then they have to explain to. well it's this thing on your computer that the, the content goes directly to your tv and like, like oh my God, no no no
0: no no netflix comes in the mail bro yeah you, you send them discs in the mail
2: just tell <laughs> yourself to buy some disney shares at the same time buy some bitcoin
1: yeah for real before bitcoin <laughs> look there's gonna be this thing called bitcoin get some
0: get some As
2: many dude. as you can afford Uh, Whatever happens in this Obi-Wan thing, like the fact that it's happening, like you said, horse, like we'll, we'll deal with the logic. Like we'll find, like we always do. Let's just get in there and enjoy it. We always do. We we always just go along. We always go, oh, that's how they did it. And then we just move on and we just go for the ride. So bring it on. Just do whatever.
0: There's a team of writers, you know, at Disney that are more, more skilled than us that are going to take care of all that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Who would have thought of this, of course.
0: So, um, all right.
1: Next up, after the two Mando spinoffs after Andor, after Obi-Wan Kenobi, we got our first look at the Bad Batch. Uh, And we actually got a trailer that we got to see. And it looks like Clone Wars Season 8. It is more Clone Wars-styled animation than, say, Rebels or Resistance. It looks very similar to the Bad Batch episodes we got from Season 7 of the Clone Wars. It looked cool. You know, the clones aren't necessarily my favorite jam in star wars so it's not like a hundred percent up my alley i do think the concept of you know this sort of off-kilter group of clones is cool it looked neat and it had a pretty cool cameo from uh grand moff tarkin in the trailer and that was neat to see um but yeah it was it was just generally a cool look at, uh, at bad batch i'm looking forward to it but it's not I mean, when you get all this stuff announced, there's got to be some stuff you're not as excited for as the other stuff, right? (laughs) Right.
2: Yeah, like I I don't mind Clone Wars. I I enjoyed the last season and and stuff, but I I do, like I find it fascinating, but it's like the immediate post-Order 66 world. Like, what does that look like? What do the clone troopers do now? Do they start phasing them out? Like, did these guys kill any Jedis? Did they not have their chip work? Are they looking at all the other clones going, what's wrong with you guys? It looks like that they're still on, yeah, they're working for the Empire, going on missions and stuff. So it's that sort of like oh, it's just are we the good guys? are we the bad guys? Mm-hmm. Like what are we doing now? Like I think that and just kind of telling that story um straight after order sixty six from from the Empire's point of view, or it I think that's, yeah, quite interesting actually. I haven't really seen that. so yeah, yeah, like cool,
1: yeah, and uh, that was the kind of surprising thing to me from the trailer. I guess I just assumed when it was announced that these guys probably, defected you know from the republic or the the empire but it looks like at least to start off they're part of the new empire it seems like Mm, so they're loving it yeah having a great old time yeah and we even see like a big hologram of palpatine during his announcement of the formation of the empire and stuff so yeah i'm I'm, that is the most fascinating part to me is is how they're going to deal with that and and how the story is going to progress from there I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars style of animation. I think, you know, it's my preferred of the ones we've got um, from, you know, the, um, the animated series. It's probably my favorite so far. I, I did like the look and stuff of Resistance, but there's just something about the links they took to refine that Clone Wars animation through the years that really strikes home with me. So that's yeah. exciting to me as well.
0: Um, yeah, I I like the idea of the bad batch. Mm-hmm. Like and and when I watch it, it feels like the A Team crossed with Rambo. I don't know. Yeah, you know, no, you're there's exactly a A team right. feel to it.
1: Yes, this is um, Star Wars' A Team. I think you're one hundred percent right, Will.
0: I uh, and but I really like them. You know, they all have a, a different specialty. Uh, specialty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, I, I, it, it makes me laugh, but every time I hear, you know, Oh, the bad batch, they got their own series. I was like, Oh, D Bradley Baker just built a new home you know, in yeah. just floor
2: in his house. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's
1: going, he's going to see his ear, nose and throat doctor. He's got, he's like, dude, I got to be in prime condition. I got the bad batch coming up. Like you got to check out these vocal cords and make sure everything's okay. I need a tune up. Let me change the. I call oil. it,
0: I call it paycheck because that's what it is.
2: <laughs> like, Tamera Morrison's back cutting in my lunch, so I've got to like go find something else. <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, I
1: think um, you know, I think it'll be fun, and and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to to pretty much any new Star Wars. So, um, okay, now the next thing they announced is something I am so damn excited for. It's something will and I have been talking for years about. I know friend of the podcast, Aaron Boyd has also said, this is something he'd like to see and I can't believe they're actually doing it. And just because of the crazy amount of stuff we got, I feel like maybe it's been slightly overlooked or not talked about as much as other stuff, right? But that is star Wars visions, star Wars visions is a 10 episode or, or a set of 10 animated short films done by different Japanese animation studios. Star Wars Anime is actually happening and I could not be more excited about it.
0: It's about damn time. I
1: can't wait. I can't wait to see what what studios are involved. I can't wait to see you know, we, we, they did show a little bit of artwork, and, you know, just briefly, like behind the logo and stuff. But I can't wait to get more a look at it. I can't wait to see, like, <clears throat> you know, wit what eras each studio is is doing and things. Um, I, I'm just so excited about this. This is some. Need this is right you. up my alley. Um, Will, I know you've seen it. I, I know I know you've seen several of these, but for a year, a few years there, it was kind of popular to do straight-to-video animated anthology movies. They did the Animatrix, right? Right,
0: that was the one that kind of started set the standard.
1: Right, then they did uh, the Batman one that had yes. a bunch of different Batman stories by different animation studios. And then they did one for Halo, the
2: video Halo, video yeah. game series. I've seen the Batman one. I haven't seen the other one. Oh, no, I might have seen the, the, the Matrix one. Yeah. I had Matrix Fever back in the early 2000s.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of came out leading into the mm. second Matrix movie, I feel like. Um, and that's what this feels like. And they said it's 10 different short films. And I just, man, that's all the information we have. And that's all the information I need to be very excited um i just that's a star wars dream come true for me ever since we saw that fan-made anime style tie fighter animation oh yeah like i've been dying we, for it
0: yeah you and i were both looking around like why is this not a thing and, and now why, it's how did be this a not thing? pick up steam and now it's gonna be a thing yeah
1: and i just i it seemed like such a no-brainer and you know if star wars is gonna be an animation why not go to like some of the masters of right the form. The,
0: the people in the world that have mastered animation. So I,
1: I just can't wait. And uh boy, boy am I gonna be excited when that kicks off. I hope when they say, you know, short films that we're looking more in the the area of your, you know, I don't know, twenty to forty five minutes long instead of uh shorter form stuff like Forces of Destiny, which I think is really cool, but I would want something longer and more involved in that, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh but I guess we'll see. And I hope it um I hope it takes a you know I I hate to say this but like a less kitty kind of you know, like I want more cowboy bebop and less pokemon if that makes sense.
1: I think you'll we'll probably honestly I think you might see the gamut. I think you might see because that's kind
0: of what happened with Halo. You know, there, were, there was some serious stuff and there was some goofy stuff.
1: Right. I think you might see both. And I'm fine with that. I Yeah. I yeah. like the full range of different anime styles. You know, I like the super serious and I like the goofy. So give it all to me. Give me the full range of anime possibility in Star Wars and I'm here for it. Give me the super right. weird, the super action heavy, the super heady.
0: Abstract.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. And then the next one they announced was Droid Story. Now, Droid Story, um, I'm not. Tony quite sure. Daniels
2: is back, baby. Yo, Anthony Daniels,
1: <laughs> talk about that paycheck, son.
2: If you bought that book, like suckers, there's another chapter that's going to be like it's going to be the revised edition at <laughs> celebration 2022. You yep. have to go buy it all over again. Yep. Or at least hear about it.
1: Um, and uh, you know they gave a, a brief synopsis of like a new hero is out on an adventure with uh c3po and r2d2 and they get in some trouble is basically the synopsis we didn't see any really stills or animation or anything like i'm
2: here for it i'll watch it the only thing that's sort of interesting about that is like when does it actually take place like is it a post-sequel trilogy r2 and 3po or is it earlier is it sort of like star wars dro- you know every time they sort of put, pop these two droids in some you know somewhere i mean they're kind of like the, the conduits through the timeline like mm-hmm. if it actually is like a post of skywalker that actually is quite interesting because we don't really know anything about that time period so apart from the christmas special so if that's what it is it's like oh there might be some little nuggets about what's going on in the galaxy just through this yeah. show which i assume is for kids so
1: yeah and and, and i could also see uh, a similar situation where they do, uh, like you said, sort of a Star Wars droids, which was, you know, set before episode four, right before new hope. So it could mm-hmm. be, you know, in this time between episode three and episode four, when they are, you know, maybe with captain Antilles that we see get choked yep. out by Vader. Um, you know, who knows, but you know, I'll check it out. I'm down for some R2 and, and c three PO it's just, once again, you know, had this been announced on its own, it would have been more of a, oh, that's cool, instead of a, like, oh, that's part of this massive release of information <laughs> and yeah. gets kind of swept under the rug, right?
0: Um, and that's- I'm just glad, like, I completely respect what Anthony Daniels had to go through physically and emotionally and mentally to be in the costume, I'm just glad that he doesn't have to be in it, and that I don't have to hear about him being in it this time.
2: (laughs) Well, you'll hear about it again, don't you worry. Well,
1: if we can get you to go to Celebration in 2022, I'm going to take you to the basement of the convention (laughs) center, and we are going to go into this strange room that just has a piece of paper taped to the door that says, Anthony Daniels meet and greets, cash only $50, or whatever it is, and you can let him know.
0: Um, Was it hard being in that suit? Oh, I know it was. I hear about it all the time.
2: (laughs) But it weren't about it. You got any convention that he, any any panel that he's there, he'll let, you know, regardless whether it's about it or not. But good on him. Yeah,
1: right. Um, Now, then they went back to the live action. Now, also, we're kind of skipping over it. But within this stuff, they also mentioned the Willow series that's coming. They also mentioned Indiana Jones 5. That's coming. And they also mentioned, a, I think it's called A Tale of Blood and Bone. It's a, it's a well-regarded novel that Lucasfilm bought the rights to make a movie to a, few, a couple years back. So they brought those up, but we're focusing on the Star Wars stuff. Um, then they went back to live-action Disney Plus series. And the next one they talked about was another event series and that is Orlando Calrizian uh, uh, show uh, being written and put together by Justin Simeon who is responsible for the Netflix show Dear White people uh, and they showed something for that that we didn't get to see and I still have yet to find any sort of description of on um, of the footage or anything so I don't know much about it
2: but even the music that they played, in the intermission mm-hmm. was, was like this sort of like a funky 70s mm-hmm. kind of you know like a almost like a black exploitation kind of thing or um you know that kind of like a dolomite kind of vibe sort yep. of thing so it feels like i mean that, that's jumping to a lot of conclusions but it does kind of feel like <clears throat> maybe that's the kind of vibe that they're going for
1: yeah and uh the the piece of key art that they showed for it the only thing we got to see was an image of Lando's version of the Millennium Falcon, which leads mm. me to believe that it's pre-Solo. You know, I, I would assume that Donald Glover is back playing Lando. Although I sure hope so. We did talk about it when this was first rumored, Will, that the rumor was Donald Glover and Billy D. Williams are
2: involved. Well, in Billy D. tweeted it out today. Oh. So he was sort of like, hey, there's a <laughs> hey, there's a new uh, Lando show. Um can't remember what, what exactly he said, but he did tweet out the sort of the announcement clip. Um, what if
0: it's like which, Wonder Year style with like Billy D. telling the story? Yes, yeah, like of what was going on.
1: I would love if if they call it the Calrissian Chronicles and it's framed. The episodes are framed with Billy D. Sort of you know how you see that scene in in Solo of uh lando and the millennium falcon <sighs> recording the calrissian uh oh chronicles. yeah 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 mm. i forgot about yeah. that <laughs> so he's i was would... going
2: through the he's going through the tapes at home on the couch and his dressing gown and yeah no oh, uh, this was this is i remember this one yeah and you know
1: the the possibilities of it being pre-solo like i think that's really cool we'll get that you know sort of neat version of the millennium falcon all clean and cool you know you would have to imagine l3 will be involved in some capacity so i think That'd it opens cool. a lot of uh cool possibilities and you know i know it's not exactly what the make solo 2 crowd were hoping for but for now i'll say it seems like that's about the closest we're gonna get for at
2: least now you know get some get some buzz on that era and then yeah you know in off, and then if you have to, I know they said it was special event. Maybe as a one-off, but maybe you can bring Hahn in at the end and spin Han off, and and go off and just establish that error again. You know, just get some 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 foothold there, and um, yeah, I think it's great. Like, yeah. I, you know, I always kind of wondered whether Donald Glover was too big a star, but I guess he's. I mean, he's certainly a big music star, but he he is a television star, but he's not untouchable. You know, so I don't think anyone's untouchable for Disney. No, no, and and like, you know. <laughs>
1: With, with one of these things that's sort of almost a result of, it feels like, fan casting, where for a couple years, fans are like, well, if they're going to do a young Lando, they need to get Donald Glover to do it. You know, in, in a lot of instances, when you have people saying that kind of thing, it can go either way. It can be really good, mm. or it can not be so great. And for my money, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian is possibly the best example of fan casting gone right like he did such a good job as lando i watched solo last week or something for the first time in a while and like he's just amazing in that movie so i am all about having him come back and do more lando for us Me too. all right me too um then the last of the disney plus series that were announced then we'll talk about the two movies then we'll talk about them god damn there's so much stuff Um, So much we got the answer to what the leslie headland star wars series is and that is a show called the Alkalite, which is set towards the end of the high republic era okay i'm in immediately you've got my interest with that and it deals with shadowy dealings and emerging dark side powers and the end of the high republic era and i'm in count me in i can't wait for this one if they didn't give us much more than that and the logo that's all i needed uh i think this is going to be it has the potential to be something very very cool
0: i just like that we're going to see an era that has no or very if very little relevance to an era Oh, no. Did I lose you guys? Hey, he's back. Okay. Hey, hey, hey.
1: Yeah, so you are saying little to no relevance to stuff we've seen the, before?
0: Yeah, the era of Star Wars that we know of. Like, it's fresh. Like, it'll be an era that I know... There are no attachments to it. it. has no preconceived notions. Yeah, and
2: it's neat. Yeah, no sta- all the stakes. You don't know who lives, who dies. You're not like, right. oh, well, I've already seen that person before. Exactly. Like, all you know. All bets are off. Right.
1: Yeah, and it's really cool that, you know, by the time this comes out, because you have to imagine this is beyond 2022, so probably 2023 at the earliest, but you have to imagine by then the High Republic series of novels and everything is going to be – At full steam, we will have somewhat of an idea of what that era is all about and what the sort of central story is. And I do find it interesting that, you know, it's set towards the end. I think that's pretty smart because you can you don't have to be as beholden to all the stuff set at the books if they're more towards the beginning of the era and the High Republic era. I can't remember exactly how long it lasts, but it's a it's quite a bit of time. In fact, I saw mm. um, Jesse Shop, I think I hope I said his name right, uh, on Twitter saying that from what he understands like by the, the timeline that they've set forth, that um, uh, the High Republic era ends about uh, 100 years before A New Hope, which would put it about 70 years before The Phantom Menace. So if that, if that lines up correctly, this is probably set about 70 years-ish before uh, The Phantom Menace, and that's cool. Um, that was cool. And it sounds like it is yeah. going to be dark side
2: focused, right? Yeah, I mean I yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen Russian Doll but that's a really good show. We we love that watching it here and yeah, she's really good. She's got some really good ideas and can direct the hell out of stuff. So it's going to be it's cool. It's just a, the unknown, you know. It's nice to get just some curveballs in here and and just you know be able to watch it and know nothing about it and like, you know, it'll be great. Yeah. I just think that's
1: it's one of the more exciting things because like you said, there's no attachments to stuff we don't it's just going to be fresh and new. And I think, you know, I think exploring previously established errors is fun. It's great. I love it. You know, like we were just saying, I can't wait to see Donald Glover back as Lando. I can't. I, I, I am currently in Boba Fett fever. So, like, I do love that stuff, but I also like the new stuff. I like the unknown, the, the uh, you know, I, I'm so glad because as excited as I am, for the high Republic books and the comics. And I'm very excited for those. The fact that they are taking that into live action with at least a Disney plus series, you know, that to me, that signifies that they're pretty excited about this era that they're putting together and, uh, want to explore it fully. And I'm all for that. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Me too. Okay. Now we got to talk about two star Wars movies. Um, so the first so, one, so far away i They're know so away. that's what's crazy um, 2023 right that yes yeah for the first one um well the first one that's going to release the first one they talked about was taika watiti star wars which they did not give us much information on at all they showed us a really crazy logo treatment this sort of teal and pink crumbly rock looking thing did you see this will no. Okay, I'm gonna text it to you. Um,
2: yeah, it's it's it kind of sums up Taika Waititi just just looking at it. You know, it's a little bit left of field, but it's got a real '70s comic book vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Even like the the Marvel '70s comic books as well, just the art style and the the palette and you know, like he, he you know when he did Ragnarok, he leaned really heavily on that sort of Jack Kirby era of Marvel. It'd be really cool if he just did this sort of like. I oh, know, most kind of looks like heavy metal or one of the, you know, one of like those kind Mobius, of like real yeah. 70, yeah, like crazy, you know. I, I, they're not. You hire Taika Waititi, you get you got to let let the bird fly, you know. Like you you're gonna have to accept that you're gonna get some wacky stuff in there, and I'm all I'm all for it. Like I love what he does, so yeah, I think this is just it'll make perfect sense, I think, the more we see of this movie going forward. Yeah, I I
1: texted both of the images to you, Will, that they showed in regards to this project.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Totally Mobius. I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and like, (laughs) it's it's cool. Now, the thing is, is I think we were assuming that Taika would be in charge of the 2023 movie, right? Which Mm. would have originally been the 2022 movie before the pandemic ended up pushing so much stuff back um but that's not the case that is not the case at all in fact we will talk about what the 2023 movie will be in a second so that means this taiko td movie is 2025 five years away my guys so like they are they
2: doing two year gaps again or you reckon they'll get back into yearly movies i'm hoping is that an assumption that it's this going to be a two year gap
1: or well? Okay, it's not so much an assumption as we're just going off what they've announced, right? Because they've yep. announced a movie for 23, 25, and 27.
2: Um, uh, yep, yep, yep. But god, that's a long way away.
1: I know, but you know, <laughs> maybe they're maybe that's not going to be how it is. Maybe those are just the December Star Wars movies. Maybe we'll god, get a Avatar's Star Wars. mucking it up for us, isn't it? It is. There's, ah hey disney if you need a couple of bucks after this pandemic make uh i'm gonna use uh, king tom's term here make old blue dick cameron uh uh, buy avatar back from you guys and just let him do whatever he wants with it um and then just you know go head to head star wars versus avatar baby that's what i want to see uh anyways um so, if, if they're just sticking to that scheduled, 23, 25, 27, then the earliest we could get this Taika movie is 2025. Now, Ugh. to keep in mind, he's got that next Thor movie coming out in 2022. So, it's not like he's only going to be focused on Star Wars for the next five years. He's got a pretty large project in between. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to be Thor, Love and Thunder, and then... A smaller movie much like how he did ragnarok then jojo rabbit and then is going back to thor i think um, he's
2: just done one he's either done one or he's doing one like, i think it's called the next goal wins or something i think i don't know whether he's already shot that or not or whether that's the next oh movie i'm so, um, yeah a second, i'm just gonna see if i can find so yeah he's a dude that
1: likes to stay busy now um the other thing they showed while you look that up is a piece of concept art that looks like a planet with a chrome uh, diamond or py- pyramid floating in space. I don't know how else. It looks to like it. the ship from the Mortis arc. It does. It looks a little Mortisy. It looks a little. Uh, it's got a bit of a Destiny vibe to it, to be honest. True. And apparently, something very similar to that ship showed up on a cover from an old, older Del Rey book from back in the day called dawn of the jedi okay interesting now dawn of the jedi is exactly what it sounds like it was um it was uh you know sort of a publishing effort that they explored back in the day it was a dark horse comic and it was exactly what it sounds like it was something that explored the dawn of the jedi i'm texting you the cover will and
2: i'm gonna dm you the cover josh just so you can nice
1: sort of compare Um, the two
2: things so next goal wins is in the can so it's been shot it was shot the end of last year so keep an eye out for that it's a sports (laughs) comedy film he stays busy um, dude about the american samoa national football team considered the weakest football team in the world and their qualification to the 2014 world cup oh wow there you go. So um, someone
1: like me who likes soccer, I'll be watching that. Uh, someone who likes Taika Waititi, I'll be checking that out. <laughs> um, so I sent you this, you guys, this book cover. Pretty fucking fascinating that that pyramid-looking thing is in both pieces, right? Yeah. So, I mean, also that she's using a bladed
0: sword, not a lightsaber.
1: Yes, that's that was something uh, that was part of the whole Dawn of the Jedi thing. Is they didn't use lightsabers, they used force attuned actual swords um i wonder like are we is this ancient ass star wars that we're looking at are we looking at uh, when you compare that that star wars logo that piece of concept art with that weird shaped thing um uh you know what are you going to do with it is this dawn of the jedi and if that's the case is that why they're spending so much time on this to really nail the look and the vibe you know um it's crazy I don't one know of that. those
2: things that just sort of like is staring you in the face the whole time and just doesn't become clear for five years you know what i mean like oh man that was yeah. in that first bit of art we saw and it was just there all along
1: yep <laughs> okay so moving along we're trying to bang this out so we can talk about The Mandalorian. Last thing they announced is the next Star Wars movie directed by Patty Jenkins, and that is Rogue
0: Squadron. Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Um, a fantastic idea for a movie and a fantastic director.
1: Yes. And I kind of wonder if this was a situation where they had the opportunity to work with Patty Jenkins and they said, hey, what do you want to do? And she said, I would like to do Rogue Squadron.
2: And It they certainly like, seemed like it from that, that mm-hmm. video that she put up talking about her father and her love yep. of planes. And yeah, like, and she's got the juice, you know. And I think what this new Wonder Woman movie is going to be, from all accounts, is great. So yeah, snag her up. Yeah. Let's see what
1: she's got. Yeah, and, and they rele- she released uh, a video talking about, um, you know, her experience growing up with her, her dad, who was a fighter pilot, and you know, going to uh, watching F-4s take off and fly off o- overhead, and how she's always wanted to make the most badass fighter pilot movie ever and just had never gotten the chance until now when she gets to combine that with something else she loves-like, that is an awesome announcement video. That is how you do it
0: yeah those are the kind of people you want carrying your property, people that have passion for what they're doing mm-hmm. and true interest.
2: um I guess the funny the, the little tidbits that, that that KK kind of dropped in that was she sort of said a new generation of pirate pilots yes. and sending into a new era. So it, it does sort of suggest that this is a post sequel trilogy story because I mean the, the, sort the glaring like. the kind of glaring sort of elephant in the room with all of this, I guess is that there's no sequel trilogy characters or stories or involvement of any of the, in any of this stuff yeah which kind of makes sense because if you're going to commit to the where the story is going to go you want to lock your actors down i think they're obviously all burnt out on star wars at the moment so you don't want to do anything with one person and then you know jeopardize the rest of them or have to tell the story of where all they are in in between and things so they've kind of wisely stayed away but you can tell a somewhat of a story if you just focus on a ragtag bunch of pilots yeah
1: um and and reforming rose rogue squadron that's a cool idea and Mm. like i think with the sequel trilogy stuff and those characters like i think it's a good approach to let it lay dormant for a little while so then by the time you decide to go back to that era and bring those characters back like someone
2: gets divorced you you and mcgregor
1: style (laughs) well (laughs) right well not just that but like fandom is like what well, well you guys are giving us all this stuff for years when are we ever going to get updates on ray and etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. and then you break yep. that announcement and everybody goes crazy i kind of feel like that's your best chance at like uh the force awakens fandom level menace level hype. you know
2: I... And we waited so long between those other eras as well that mm-hmm. we don't have to get there right away Mm-mm. and clearly
1: we're gonna have plenty to keep us entertained and talking about and and you know occupied so they'll get there eventually it will happen eventually i'm fully confident in that it's just you got to let it lay low for a little while just like they had to let prequel error stuff lay low and look what we're getting we're getting a whole ass obi-wan show with hayden christensen so uh that was all the disney plus announcements as I assumed it took us forever to get through. Um we got Josh The attention
2: it deserves. The yes. attention it deserves. Though. We
1: got Josh for a limited amount of time left, so we want to get to the Mandalorian episode uh, chapter 15, The Believer. So we're gonna talk about that now. Josh Buddy will let you kick it off. What'd you think of this episode?
2: I really like this episode, and I think I mean I could be wrong going back, but it felt like it was the biggest production they had the biggest production value in scope and size and you know stucks to stack outdoors and huge explosions and outdoor chases and i like it just felt like oh did they film any of this on the volume but I, it was cool like i was expecting a little bit more of a cliffhanger almost like they were right in the in a bad position like sort of the, 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 the sort of the second last episode last season where it was sort of like quill died and it felt like you know it was all about to kick off. This felt more just sort of like the calm before the storm, I suppose. But um, yeah, look, I thought it was uh, really, really cool. I really liked yeah, Bill Burr. I really liked sort of the theme of that and re- redemption of him and, and, um, and, and Mando taking off the helmet and, and, and kind of realizing he would do anything for love mm-hmm. and he would do that as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. It wasn't what I was expecting. And I, I really liked that they sprung Bill Burr in the first 30 seconds of the episode. I kind of thought, oh, maybe this is going to be like the jailbreak or yeah, a, You I know what, what I mean? Thought. Like it, that it would spend the whole episode with them trying to bust him out. But it was kind of good. They kind of just walked in and took him. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I, I was expecting sort of a prison break episode too. And it didn't turn out to be that. What'd you think, Will?
0: I mean, I thought it was great. I thought Rick Famuyiwa directed the shit out of that episode. Um, you know, it, I love where the first shot of Boba Fett, you get to see him. is like, oh, he's painted the whole thing. Dude. He was like, oh, I I got my armor back. Fresh coat of paint. I love
1: that in between episodes, right? He was like, hey, look, we're going to go get this guy you want. But real quick, can we stop by Home Depot and I get a couple of cans of paint? and Bunnings
2: for the the Australian reference. Yeah, he went by Bunnings and he got a fucking
1: sausage sizzle.
2: I know all about that you got a sausage on the way yeah and that's two different figures you got to buy too now as well you got like beat up bobber mm-hmm. in the in the arm and you got to get nice sort of matte painted you know you got his paintbrush out and uh he did a pretty good job i think he tied I, it up nicely i think he did too and it's
1: it's gonna take a little bit for me to get used to just so because i'm so used to like battle you know. damaged boba fett but i gotta say the it looks clean it looks, it looks clean. fresh to
0: death, dude. <coughs>
2: um um the question. Does he do it? Like, has he been continuously painting his armor over the years and he just gets in so many scrapes that it's always looking kind of beat up? Or is he just kind of like, you know what? I didn't realize. You know you don't know what you got till it's gone kind of thing. I'd say i better care of this armor. Now I've got it back.
0: It took him well,
2: five years to get it from the
1: Sarlacc
0: back from the Sarlacc. What
1: I think... Um, my current favorite he- theory that i've i've heard and it was our buddy rabo that proposed it to me was that it was almost sort of like um a cleansing ceremony because someone else had been wearing the armor you know what i mean and he was
2: like Cobb aftershave
1: or something yeah like and he said and, like his body spray smells or whatever like old spice it sounds <laughs> yeah, like
0: old spice
1: cool water um yeah, yeah was, i i thought that was really cool i gotta say that this episode had some small details in it that they didn't you know make a huge deal through dialogue or anything that i thought were just amazing and one of those would be when they all load into slave one and you see the inside rotating Mm -hmm. as it raises up to take off because you know if you've ever had a slave one toy you know how that shit works but to actually see it happen on screen and 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 see it in motion was really cool, and they didn't like lean on it. They didn't have Bill Burr go like,
0: "Hey, what's this crazy shit?" You know? <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, the seismic charge, maybe oh one of my God. favorite weapons. Oh, that was in so Star cool. Wars. Yes. Um. And I like I think, that the um, shit went sideways. You know, like you, you like we said, we thought it was going to be a prison break. And then, but they had the plan to get the information from Moff Gideon, and I mean, it would have been cool to see him get in and get out. But like, like that's going to be boring, you know. There's no real character development there. It was cool that shit went sideways, and they had to shoot it out. They both kind of the uh, Burr's character and Din Djarin. They both kind of accepted each other in a way, you know. You know, he accepted that he had to kill that guy, and then. And that he had to take his mask off, you know, yeah. that it had to take his helmet off. They both kind of be, accepted each other. And there was like a level of mutual respect, which is like, you know, like Josh said, redemption, redemption for that character. I
1: got to say, like they could have really leaned into the like ball breaking aspect of that character. And they could have been like, had him give Dinjar and shit about taking his helmet off. But that one short character moment after he kills the Imperial officer, he hands in the helmet back and he goes, Here, I never saw your face. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> really good, man. Yeah, um, really good.
0: And okay. it reminded me of the scene from Django Unchained where the guy's like, I you know, I just have to shoot this guy. You know, I have, oh, I'm sorry. You know, so, like,
1: <laughs> that, okay. It's interesting that you use that comparison because I thought that scene with Richard Brake, that's the actor who played the Imperial officer. And Bill Burr, fantastic
0: or, bad guy. Yes, the sleaziest bad guy yes. you could pick. Not your. Did
2: you, did you get offended with the southern accent, though, whores Being a southerner yourself, that no. they no, kind of. You know what I?
1: I thought it was an interesting choice because we're so used to they're seeing, normally British. Yes, they're so buttoned up and stiff and and like very proper imperial officers. But to see like sort of, it was almost like Krennic, Right, Krennic was a little less of the polish like he had
2: moments mm. of it but then and he had to put it on when he needed to yes but they've just actually they actually recruit all over the galaxy yes but now that things are a bit looser he's like i'm just going to talk with my normal accent no one cares
0: <laughs>
1: yeah and, and do what i like so that scene with them at the table reminded me of inglorious bastards which was another tarantino movie so yeah, like that's true i, I kind of wonder if that both of those scenes. I forgot about the one from Django Unchained. It's just the
2: tension, isn't it? You're mm-hmm. just waiting for, you just know at some yeah. point, they're Something's all playing this game. Kind of, like Something's They know, they know he knows that, you know, they know that they're a fraud and they know that, that they know he's a fraud and they're just waiting. They're just sort of playing this game yep. of sort of cat and mouse, verbal cat and mouse until it kind of kicks off. But um, yeah, it was good. It was a nice, cause like we'll said, you kind of get the release in the shootout and things go south, but they kind of go south at a really small personal level first. And then they go south in this sort of gunfight kind of way afterwards.
0: Yeah. It was uh, cool to see the pirates
2: in real life.
0: Um, yeah. I and... forget the name of the character from Clone Wars. You know the pirate guy? Hondo? Hondo and yeah. Naka. Yeah. Hondo species, the the pirates. It was cool to see them. I'm sure we've seen them before in live action.
1: I don't think those were weak ways, though. I oh, don't think they, they were. Okay. Um, because Hondo is a weak way, which are like, uh, uh, the most famous weak way you see, I think it's a weak way, is um, one of the sail barge guards that's like trying yeah. to push Luke and Han yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's what I thought Sorry.
0: they were. I, I mean, <clears throat> I I, they got um, the little rat tail down the back.
1: Yeah. Um, it, interesting. I didn't even think about it until Steel and I were doing sort of our wrap-up uh, call podcast for Patreon that the pirates, when you really think about what was going on on that planet, were the good guys. Like, yeah. they weren't but trying they, to steal... They might steal. not have even been pirates. Exactly.
2: Just, just insurgents, or just people, freedom fighters, or, like, you know, that's just what the Empire reckons they are. Yeah.
1: Right. And it, it was, it's interesting, like, because they weren't trying to steal that ore. They were just trying to destroy blow it. Blow it up, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> an interesting sort of take that, like, yeah, these, these guys were actually good guys. They weren't necessarily pirates as they were... Cause you know the scene right before they show up, you they roll through that village, and you see that like, once again, the empire is oppressing these people to mine whatever precious ore or, or mineral or whatever it is that they're they're trying to Basically get. Basically, like
0: line. uranium or mm-hmm. plutonium or something.
2: <laughs> so yeah, I um Except it sort of seems Wilson. that um that Bill Burr's actually not as long ahead of the empire than I probably thought he was. Like it's kind of suggested that. He's probably only been out a couple of years. Like he he saw, you know, he fought in Operation Cinder and stuff oh, and you that like he knew about where Operation all these bases Cinder were and Okay, yeah, that's from the Battlefront game. It's in some of the comics as well, I think.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay, so so Will, do you remember in um the Battlefront 2 campaign when the Empire uses I think they use like satellites and stuff to cause like to basically like scorch earth different planets. Blast the planet. Yes. Like Yeah. That was like Palpatine's first sort of contingency plan in case something happened to him. And he dies in Return of the Jedi, and then Operation Cinder happens shortly thereafter. It's – Josh was right. It's in Battlefront Two, It's in Shattered Empire. I think it's in the Leia comic. It's It's been featured before, and that's, you know, directly after the Battle of Endor pretty much.
0: And so, so- – I guess where my confusion came in was he was talking about the 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 officer was like, oh, I had to make a lot of tough choices that day. And Bill Bear was like, yeah, that's real messed up. So basically he used the Operation Cinder satellites, the Hammer of Dawn to <laughs> not <Nice>. kill, <his, laughs> kill his own guys.
2: Yeah. As well as the enemy. Well, just like it if they like in the way. Fire. Yeah. Like kind of like, well, they're in the way, but I got to I'll just clear I'll just yeah. clear everybody out.
1: Yeah, mm. he they 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 pulled this maneuver and regardless of whatever imperial garrisons or forces were on these planets, they just unleashed hell. So yeah, okay. you're you're exactly right, Will. They sacrificed their own um their own people to do this operation center thing and you know, it, it's pretty fucked up, but it's also totally in line with something the Burning Empire Khan. <laughs> Burning Khan. Burning Khan is an interesting it's a very interesting um, reference to something from Star Wars, because as far as I know, the only previous reference we have to this is from a Star Wars mobile game, Star Wars Uprising, which was the first Star Wars mobile game that came out right before The Force Awakens that lasted uh, less than a year before it got shut down, it wasn't very good, but Burning Con was a, a location in that, and that was another story set, you know, between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens.
0: Okay. Um, <clears throat> so well, yeah, that they, clears that all up.
1: They dropped a lot of little interesting uh, references, and I can just imagine, like, if you're not up to on all the Star Wars, like, googling Operation Cinder or Burning Con and being like, "Wow, a lot of shit went
0: down, huh?" Yeah. <laughs> no wonder he's so grumpy all the time. He'll yeah. Uh, um, two little details that I think are going to have some ramification. Not two details. One detail that's going to have some ramification. The other one was just cool. Um, was that when he was using his blaster and then it like runs out or malfunctions or whatever. Never seen or that. It, and then he just throws it. Like it's cool that, you know, it, it kind of reinforces the fact that stormtroopers uh, firearms are kind of shit in general. Um
2: and, and their armor as well. Like he really sort right. of suffered. He was he kind of had shattered. his back he had his back turned a few times as well, expecting like I'll be alright if I get hit there because mm-hmm. that's where my armor is. Well, and yeah, then he kinda because he kinda was... kind of stopped them like, why is he not turning Like, oh, cause he just is used to getting that's shot in the back a couple of times and no problem.
0: Yeah. It, it you really got to see <laughs> like, oh, he's used to fighting with the Beskar armor. So he's just like taking it on the the shoulder or the forearms and it's like beating the hell out of him. It's shattering that plastic armor um and then the other thing is that dinjarin's face is now scanned into an imperial database yep they may not have a name but they have a face that they don't have a name connection with yeah i don't know how that's going to come back it's
1: going to though it that is going to come back the him taking that helmet off will come back i i personally think it will be because he will probably meet back up with the armorer or some of his crew from his covert and they're going to be like, hey, have you ever taken your helmet off in front of an enemy? And like, um,
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or they're going to be <laughs> like, we hacked into the Imperial database and guess what we yeah, saw?
2: This, this printout proves otherwise. Um, yeah. I, look, I, I, I know Baby Yoda, no Grogu. Whole episode. Not at all. First time ever. Yeah. and apart from, the, apart from the intro, like the recap.
1: Yeah. And we can't, you know, I think we should wrap up with. Um, the last moment of the show, which was so badass, is oh, Din yeah. Jarin contacting Moff Gideon and using his exact words against him. Yeah, and like exactly. When he said, and he means more to me than you'll ever know, like just saying it now, goosebumps. Yeah. Fucking goosebumps. I think
2: um, something that we have to sort of keep in mind, and I don't want to be a downer at the end of this, you know, but, like, the last series, The Mandalorian, you know, kind of wound up in somewhat of a little bow. You could, you know, if it, only, if it was a one and done, you know, great. What a great series. But we know there's a season three.
0: Mm-hmm. There's
2: no reason that the end of this season two is going to be happy, good times. Everyone's having a great old time. Like, things could be... There may not be a satisfying resolution at the end of this series. We could be on a It could be a cliffhanger. We could be get stuck with it like, yeah. oh my God, we've got to wait till next Christmas because we know there's another series coming. It doesn't have to be Grogu and, and Mando flying off again together, reunited. It, right. there it is could a chance escalate. <laughs> there's, there's a chance that the stakes get even higher. Yeah,
1: yeah. There, that's definitely a possibility. And I can't wait into, to see how this
0: season wraps up. Um, one more thing that Grogu does something dark side, you know, yeah. in oh. in defense of Dinjaran or something. Like, and you're you spend the rest of the next year wondering, oh, is he going to be good or bad? Um,
1: so, one thing I want to add before we we go because we got Josh for three more minutes, and I, you know, I think we can come in right at that time. <laughs> I do think the scene I got massive Indiana Jones vibes from the tank scene and and Dan fighting on the back of it but i think they gave us a little peek at him using a staff style weapon right when he was oh, fighting yeah. those pirates yep. or those guys right. and i think that is like a little peek at what we're going to see him do with that beskar spear um versus moff gideon <laughs> um do you know who's
2: directing the last episode no is it i Fab- have
1: is it Fav? i have no idea uh so that i've been trying to find and I wonder if it's going to be like a surprise person, or if it is Favro, or if because uh, I think they confirmed Filoni's only doing one. Um, so I don't know, man. But I can't wait to see who it is. I feel like there it's going to be like 90 a surprise
2: Fav directed finale. I want Whoa. a ninety Whoa. minute directed George Lucas baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a drop!
0: Yeah. Uncle well, um, did you catch the TPS the Office Space TPS report? Oh, the TPS yes. reports beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Um.
1: So I think that will wrap up our Mando discussion and the episode this week. Man, what a bunch of stuff. Um, Josh, buddy, thank you so much for joining us. And and absolutely, Bab, it's been Belen great. With thank
2: us. you, it's been great. <laughs> like uh you know. What a what a pleasure to get me, be asked to come on this week, and you know one of my favorite podcasts, Hawes, one of my favorite people. Will had a great time chatting. Hopefully you'll come to celebration, or well, we can just do some Bluey chat, you know, on the side <laughs> anyway. And uh, if I don't know if that'll be cut out or not, we did lose Hawes for, for about a minute, so Will and I just talked about Bluey instead in between. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see, all this content. Just means also that we get to chat with our friends forever yeah more stuff to talk
0: about yeah
1: how good's that blue harvest is going on until question marks um so before we let you go why don't you tell everybody where they can find you where they can hear you your two podcasts twitter handle etc etc
2: Uh, sure. I've got a Star Wars podcast called Star Wars Spelt Out, where we mostly do interviews with people. Uh, Hawes has been on a few times. We'll have to get you on, mate. Um, and I also do a Peppa Pig podcast for real with my friend Matt Frost, where we review every episode of Peppa Pig from a dad point of view. And we've done about 100 episodes of that, believe it or not. And Peppa Pig's <laughs> a bit like Star Wars. It's never going to die. Um, and if you just want to follow me, you can just give me at Chapman Josh. And that's got links to other handles and stuff as well and i'm usually post about star wars or the cricket which is about to start as well so you may like one or one of those two things (laughs) um you got
1: guys got to check out star wars spelt out it's been a blast both times i've been on it's a blast listening to the episodes uh it's just a lot of fun banger of a theme song um yeah check it out it's great uh we'll see you guys next week when we will be concluding a unintentional unofficial (laughs) Star Wars Mandalorian discussion Australian trilogy there is a little hint at our final guest at the end of season two of the Mandalorian thank you guys so much for listening we've gotten a lot of seemingly new listeners over the past seven weeks so we hope you guys have been enjoying it welcome welcome. Uh, I hope you're along for the ride like what you hear Stick around when in, in the dark times when we don't have exciting Mandalorian stuff to talk about. And until then, until next week, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Hals Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with
2: all of you. May the Force be with us.